Well, I was now in my early 20s and I was changing schools. Decided hmm, maybe business was a better opportunity for myself. And during that summer between those two schoolings, I needed to get a job. But I also needed to get there. I couldn't use my dad's vehicle to go back and forth only because he worked during the day and the job I was doing was working at night. He would have never been able to get to work. I would have never been able to get a ride. It's all just messed up. So we got a vehicle for myself. And that old vehicle, a 1992 Plymouth Claim, became an expense. Automobiles are an expense. Automobiles have issues. And throughout your life, owning them, you're always going to run into certain odd things. And that's one of those issues that I learned at a younger age, trying to keep them going in an operational state. So why is it we still use them? Well, that is what we're going to talk about today. Welcome back to the All Lux Podcast. I am your host, as always, the doctor to the automotive industry, Mr. Everett J, coming to you from our main website at autolux.net. If you haven't been there, stop by, check it out. See some of the Corporate Links websites and our ratings on the automotive end of the year rating pages. On top of that, the Autolux Podcast is brought to you by Ecom Entertainment Group and hosted by the one and only Everett J. The Autolux Podcast can be found on every major streaming site out. If you haven't been there, stop by, check it out. From Amazon Music to Spotify, the Autolux Podcast can be found on every major streaming platform. And while there, please give us a review and rate us on how well we have done throughout our podcasts. So like I said in the beginning, my first vehicle, well not first vehicle, but the, the vehicle I owned jointly with my father was, well, my first foray into learning about the automotive world and its ownership. Car ownership is one of those things that we all eventually get into. You know, a great lot of people will actually get into car ownership and when you get into it, it's unlike anything else you've ever imagined. Owning a cell phone while well, cracking its screen and having to get it replaced is one thing. Owning a computer and getting a virus having to get it cleaned, yeah, whatever. But on top of that, if you maintain these things, you can they can last for a long time and you never have to spend any more money on them. Well, automotive ownership is completely different. Hell, it's even completely different than home ownership. Owning my own home, besides general maintenance, a lot of the stuff in it, I'm fixing things and making things look better and doing these little odd jobs here and there every single year is about it. But owning a vehicle, you're guaranteed that you're going to have to go see, as I call it, the automotive doctor at least once a year. Even if you get new vehicles, you still have to go back to the dealership on average every six months for a review of your vehicle. Even if you don't get maintenance done, you still have to go back. Car ownership is inclusive of so many things, and a lot of people don't understand that. A lot of people think, oh, I'm just going to get in this vehicle, I'm going to drive it for the next like 10 years of my life like I use my laptop for the last 10 years and not have to worry about anything else. Well, I'm sorry to say it's not like that. And even with the advent of the electric vehicle marketplace, it is still not like that. There are still things you have to fix and change. And it depends on how much you use your vehicle to how often you're going to have to do these things. A lot of people over my life with a lot of different driving habits. I had a friend from college who got his first brand new vehicle outside of college. He leased a Dodge Avenger and in his first year of ownership, he hardly cracked 10,000 kilometers on it. 
Hell, my first vehicle, my Kia Rio, in the first eight months of ownership, you know, after being told that the timing belt was changed by both the dealer and the previous owner, it blew on me, and I had to change the engine after eight months. But with that, I learned in those eight months of owning that vehicle, I put 23,000 kilometers on my car, traveling back and forth from Northern Ontario to Southern Ontario, an average of about four and a half hour distance, well, even five and a half hours on added occasions, going down south to see family and friends. On an average occurrence, I put that many kilometers on my vehicle. Well, during its ownership, I had to 20,000 kilometers, my vehicle, I had to change the oil every 5,000 kilometers. Well, there's an expense. 5,000 kilometers. In eight months, I had to change my oil four times at an average of $160 a pop. Yeah, they overcharge for imports. It's not like when I owned my, my Chrysler Concorde before that, when I was in college, I'd go get the oil changed and it was between like $90 and $100 to get the oil changed. So it's a lot cheaper. My first vehicle that I officially had my name attached to, my Chrysler Concorde, I owned while during college. It helped me get back and forth from my part-time job to home. And during that, I had to deal with my dad where, you know, it was his secondary vehicle. It was for my usage, but I had to pay the insurance and I had to pay for gas. Well, on the odd occasion when I was out of town and something happened, I had to pay for it to get fixed. My dad would cover the main expenses of it. Great deal, but at that point in time, minimum wage was $8.25. Yes, 825. And I still managed to own a vehicle. In secondary insurance, I was paying over $300 a month to own that vehicle. Just an insurance. See, people, when they get into buying a vehicle, they don't understand the extra expenses that go along with it. I've had friends who, well, let's just say they don't make tons of money and don't have lots of money, and they get vehicles because it's like, oh, it's so much better than taking the bus because when I'm with the bus, I, you know, I have those scheduled times. There could be, at some points in time, an hour between this bus and the next bus in certain areas of our great city. And then at specific times of the day, if I got to run to the hospital at like 3 a.m., there's no bus service. I got to pay for a cab, which costs even more. So they think to themselves, I'm going to get a vehicle. I picked up this cheap vehicle for, you know, about $1,000. It actually got serviced and they could put it on the road and I've got to drive it. And like I said earlier, people seem to think, oh, it, it's a car. I could just drive it. It's like every other thing. They don't understand that there's wear and tear on parts. And in my home city, the roads are atrocious. They are horrid potholes and cracks like every spring you can hit potholes that can literally break your front suspension if you don't maintain it every year on my main road going from my house to my daytime job every spring i know before the pothole patrol gets out because there are vehicles on the side of the road waiting for tow trucks to come and change their tires and that is one of the weirdest things out there with car ownership these days and so many people being tied into owning products that they constantly just upgrade they don't understand the ownership and the value that goes behind car ownership it's an expense a massive expense and it's one of those only expenses you'll ever have where you'll never gain anything from it unless you're exclusively rich and can afford to purchase vehicles that nobody else can get their hands on that are so desired and increase in value your car will never make you money ever Hell, when I owned my first house, I had it for 10 years. And after upgrades, ownership, taxes, and everything else, when I take out all of that extra and added it to the price of my house, and then what I sold it for, after 10 years, I made a profit of $6,500.
Sure, when I sold it off, everybody's like, well, you sold it off for $70,000 more than you bought it for. I'm like, yeah, but with all the extra expenses that went into owning it over the course of 10 years, that equates to $6,500 in my pocket. That's not a lot of money. My wife and I bought a crappy Malibu once. And all I can say, bottom end Chevrolet vehicles are like buying Kias. Get prepared to spend time at the shop. Buying the brand new, whatever. There's not as many issues, but buying them used. This thing only had over 120,000 kilometers on it. And every three months, I had to get something else fixed. And I only owned it for three years. At the end of its life, it just became more problematic. It was going to cost me nearly $2,000 to fix the vehicle. And there was no guarantee it was going to even stay good so i pulled the plug on it i sold it for 500 bucks some guy picked it up uses parts vehicle whatever that's for a vehicle i paid 1800 for my suzuki sx4 right now we bought just before my son was born that's 11 years ago and when i bought that vehicle i only paid eleven thousand dollars for it with ninety-seven thousand kilometers on it throughout those 11 years just in repairs i have spent eleven thousand six hundred dollars on repairs and that's as of now right now with two hundred and sixty thousand kilometers on the car i'm looking at replacing the catalytic converter and on this vehicle there's actually two of them on top of that i've had a slight oil leak for the past five years in it because there is an upper drip pan on the engine which has its seal going it can cost me upwards of five thousand dollars to have the engine pulled out just to have a twelve dollar gasket replaced just to stop the oil which is a nuisance but won't destroy me added to that that i have a crack in the windshield and the windshield replacement cost on that car is five hundred and sixty dollars as of right now now, I have expenses equating to close to $3,000 to keep that vehicle on the road. After owning it for 11 years and only spending $11,600 on repairs, that's pretty mediocre. $1,000 a year in expenses? Considering the fact that I only paid $11,000 for the vehicle, had I bought that vehicle brand new, being a 2007 Suzuki SX4 with no cruise control, no heated seats, no extra features in it, that vehicle would have cost me about $28,000. Don't any added warranties or anything like that added to it. Well, $28,000 brand new. Well, I've owned the car for 11 years and I've never even paid for the price of that vehicle brand new. So essentially, I've come on ahead on top of buying a vehicle like that. On the other hand, my Kia Brego, which I've owned for four years now, actually going on about five years, bought that thing for about $11,000. Last vehicle I ever bought used. And over the course of those five years, I've probably put almost $11,000 into expenses in it. With a constant issue of my catalytic converter coming apart, it has now been warped so bad that it actually ticks on takeoff. Perfectly fine, but it ticks. It's an annoyance. I had problems with the tires when I first bought them. The dealership replaced them, but they were unbalanced and shaking. I've replaced the front and rear suspension on it. I've replaced part of my drive shaft i've replaced an alternator like there are a multitude of things that i've had to change in this vehicle over the course of ownership and i bought it with eighty-five thousand kilometers on it and i'm only at 112 so that's a lot of money in a short amount of time where my suzuki i bought it with ninety-seven thousand kilometers we're now 245 and i've put the same amount of money into that this ownership is expensive and both of my friends that don't have tons of money and own vehicles and thought, we need these so we don't have to take the bus. Well, the one of them has to take the bus or has to get other people to drive them around quite often because their van is constantly getting repaired. And when they blow their check that they get once a month before anything else and don't save anything, when those issues come up, they don't have money for it. When you don't have money to repair a vehicle, 
you're screwed. Vehicles have added expenses. And people think, oh, my oil change is going to cost me $120. Uh, I could put that off. I could put that off. Oh, the, that, that sound on the front end. I could put that off. I could put that off. But the more you put off those issues, when something does happen, so let's say that front, front end noise was actually a ball joint or a bearing, and you kept putting it off and putting it off. You didn't do that expense when you did it, and you weren't saving money towards it. Well, now you've hit a pothole and broken it. Now you have to pay for a towing expense, an added one, to get a to the shop on top of that since it broke and took out a tie rod you now have even more of an expense so in your initial expense to repair that part what it will cost you about 350 dollars you're now looking at a bill of over 800 dollars all because you wanted to put it off because you thought it's like everything else if i don't do an update on my computer i could just put it off eventually it'll get done but you know it'll be the same effect as if i did it tonight no it's car ownership there are massive amounts of costs associated associated with it and people don't understand that you have to replace tires you have to replace suspension components your exhaust will eventually become an issue and because most car companies don't build them out of stainless steel magnesium or galvanized will only go so far and living in an area where we are more prone to salt on our roads in the winter time our vehicles corrode we have rust and they start to fall apart not cleaning your vehicle can cause issues sand buildup could slowly destroy parts not getting it properly properly oiled or greasing parts which means parts can break down not topping up your fluids can have detrimental effects not flushing and cleaning your radiator in older vehicles not cleaning your transmission fluid not changing your oil everything can have an issue and they balloon a lot quicker than you think I have gone through times like this in my life where I've waited and waited. I never brought my wife's car in to get the exhaust fix a long time ago. It was always other issues. I checked it. It looked fine. But apparently, it wasn't too fine. Maybe if we'd done it earlier, they could have welded it like my truck and I wouldn't have had an issue with it. But unfortunately, we let it go too long and it ballooned out of proportion. So the expense is greater than it initially was. And when you don't have a ton of money, you don't understand this. You think, like I said, you're getting into it and you could just own a vehicle. Well, with some people, we have friends on the other scale who only get new vehicles. They never run into all of these issues because they're covered under warranty, except for standard wear parts. We have one friend with a crack in their windshield, but their vehicle is new. So you have cameras and everything else behind that windshield. Their windshield will cost them over $1,000 to replace. That's an expense they can't afford to do because they get these vehicles and they put so much money into their payment that they can't afford to fix the little things. And that's a problem. With the average expense of ownership for a vehicle these days, of over $1,000 in payments and people taking out seven to eight year finance or lease payments on vehicles, that's a massive expense that you're never going to get anything from. Out of all my vehicles that I've ever owned, my RAV4 is the only new vehicle I've ever bought and we have financed it. I didn't want to go further than five years, but when we started adding warranty and everything else, we got into six years. Six years to pay off my vehicle. I'm paying higher payments to get it paid down quicker. And when it's done, I own it. So after six years, I'll own it. This fall is my third year owning that vehicle. So halfway through my finance, I'm 67,000 kilometers into ownership of that vehicle. By the time I'm done paying for it, I'm going to have to start replacing wear parts. I'm already looking at replacing tires on it. I have payments and now I have an extra expense. But for myself, I take into consideration all of those things. Like I said, I 
I've owned used vehicles my entire life. And even when my engine blew in my Rio, I had the ability to afford to fix it. Sure, I had to put it on a line of credit and run with that expense and make payments on it over a longer period of time. But at that point in time, I only owned one vehicle. So I only had one insurance premium to pay and only had to fill up one car. And with it being a Kia Rio and the fact that it was a five-speed, it was cheap to operate under a standard pretense. Cheap to operate in the fact that putting gas in it was way cheaper than owning a V8. But not cheap to operate in the fact that its parts cost more than most domesticated brands. Like I said, when I got that Rio, I had to replace the windshield. At $230, I thought that was expensive. I changed the windshield of my Concorde for $120. I changed the starter for $160. But I changed the starter in my Rio, it was almost $500. Economy cars really aren't economical. They're economical on a stance that they're cheaper than the average vehicle to buy in the first round. If you're buying it brand new, it's good. See, like I said, we we know people that you know, finance and lease vehicles and never run into those problems. They believe the Hyundai that they have is amazing because they buy it and they get rid of it before it ever runs into a major issue. Well, I've owned two Kias after the lease has run up and they get expensive and their parts are not cheap. So maintaining those vehicles, those economy vehicles, after the fact their payments have done are expensive. Cars are expensive. It's not essentially an expense everybody can afford, but in some cases, it's something you have to afford. Living in a small town, if there are things in it that you don't have close by, like where my parents live, to get to the closest hospital is over 20 minutes away. Well, if I have an emergency in the middle of the night and I live in that small town and don't own a vehicle, how do I get to the hospital? It's an expense I need to have. My parents need to have a vehicle because of where they live. To go around and do anything, they need a vehicle. Everybody's like, oh, you don't need to own a vehicle. Well, when you're 20 minutes away from any major town with a grocery store and you're a seven minute drive away from the small town that has anything you require, Getting around by bike is not an alternative. You can do it. But when it's minus 40 in January, you don't want to do it. Owning a vehicle is more of a luxury item. And people don't understand that. They think it's a God-given right. Like driving. And it's not. It's a massive expense. And you need to understand the undertaking before you get into it. I waited until I was done college before I bought my first vehicle. And why did I wait? I wanted to ensure that I had money to get through college. Because knowing the expense that goes behind owning a vehicle, I didn't want to get into it at a young younger age when I had a massive expense already ahead of me. I wanted to wait until I was done college. I look back at it now and yeah, I really should have just taken an extra year off from high school, worked through it, bought my fun little car and at least just parked it somewhere until I was done. So I at least had something to look forward to. My wife and I, when we first got together, we had one vehicle, only mine, but she didn't have a driver's license, so she didn't have that expense. By the time my first child came, we knew we needed a secondary vehicle, so I actually had to drive my little pocket rocket for the first two winters of my son's life. But it was our only extra vehicle. We had the Suzuki, but I had to drive my vehicle that I usually parked in the wintertime. My dad had to do that when I was younger with his Mustang, because they had times when they didn't have an extra vehicle, and that Mustang was his primary vehicle. And living in a car-centric city, that's an expense I needed to have. Well, I worked through it, and I bought a second vehicle. I bought an only $800 car, spent $800 to get it onto the road, and knew that I would probably have issues with it. 
over the three years of ownership of that vehicle, that $1,600 car initially by the end of it had probably cost me closer to $7,000. Everybody always says, put a bigger initial investment, you'll get less throughout the outcome. Well, I started doing that. My CX-9 cost me $8,000. By the time we got in an accident and it got taken away, that vehicle had cost me almost $20,000. So why did I go brand new when I bought my RAV? I knew I could afford the payments for that vehicle and I knew the expense was affordable on my contract. I could afford the payments and I could afford any extras on top of it. It was just like when I bought my first house. We bought the house and we knew if something major happened, it could cost up to words of $10,000 to fix. I had a line of credit and we can make payments on it. We could afford to do it. I didn't go out and buy my first vehicle when I was 17 because at that point in time, I was making minimum wage at 17 in 2000, so 23 years ago. Minimum wage in the province of Ontario was 6.85, but because I was under the age of 18, I got paid student wage at 6.45 an hour. And only working an average of about 12 to 16 hours a week, there's no chance in hell I can afford a vehicle. Over the course of nine months of working part-time throughout high school in my last year, I only earned $2,000, enough to buy my computer for college. How would I have ever owned a vehicle? Because when I was in college, third party through my dad, cost me $364. And if you know this, automobile insurance is still sexist and still charges males more than females because they're less likely to take risks. And I understand that now because when I'm about to pull out into a road, I am willing to do it when those cars are closer towards me than my wife will. It's just a trick of the trade. And hell, if I had a five speed at the age of 17, I probably would have done dumber shit than my wife. Just, just saying, I kind of understand it, but it's still horrible. Consider the fact that I had a friend who was in high school who was 17 and she had primary insurance and paid $120 a month. Meanwhile, I'm getting raped over the, the ringer at $380. Of course, that was also because my dad was with an insurance company who didn't like to insure anybody under the age of 45 very discriminatory aren't weren't they yes they were and that company is now coming after me because i'm getting closer to that age and they want me to switch over to it and everybody's like oh it's cheaper i said yeah but when my son goes to drive he's gonna get screwed plus they don't cover as much as the insurance i'm with that is another thing people don't understand when they own a vehicle. When you get into an accident, what you're paying on insurance, if you're doing the base minimum of your insurance, when something major happens, they might not cover you. I've learned this while working in the insurance industry. I worked on the home side of it, but I went to apartment complexes. And this is where a lot of you will probably call me heartless. I went to low-income housing where these people lost everything and I literally didn't have a heart to give two shits towards them. Why? Because in low-income housing, it costs you $12 a month to get insurance to cover everything in your apartment $12 that's less than a pack of smokes that's a third the price of a 2-4 and these people don't pay it their neighbors paid the $12 for that insurance so when they had a fire in their apartment it covered them one neighbor got everything covered the other neighbor got 60% of their stuff covered and the one who started the fire didn't pay the $12 and got zero covered it's sad that they lost everything but I didn't have a heart to say oh here's tons of money because if you stupidly don't pay for insurance, when something happens, that's on you. Now, owning a car, you have to have insurance. You can't go without it. So if you run into somebody and they sue 
you, your insurance, in a lot of cases, will cover you. If I pay for the base model insurance, like fire and theft on my, my Rio, if I get into an accident, my tires and rims aren't covered. My seats aren't covered. My harness isn't covered. My strut bar isn't covered. Hell, even my truck, my tires and rims aren't covered. And when we got into that accident, like, we got hit in our CX-9. Like, it was literally a backhoe that ran into our vehicle in a parking lot. I had tires replaced on that vehicle one week before we got hit. On top of that, I had a brand new drive shaft changed the week we got hit. And the second it hits your vehicle, depreciation kicks into effect. So, $2,000 worth of tires, the insurance company said, we're only going to pay you 800 bucks. Well, because there's, there's, there's wear and tear on them. So already I had lost money. I got hit. These products were new, and they weren't going to give me the money that I still owed on them to pay them off. So when my friends that don't have tons of money and own vehicles run into these little issues, they're greater than they can afford. So is car ownership within their budget? No, it's not. When bad things happen, they're screwed. Car ownership is one of those things like buying a house. Everybody wants to do it, but people don't understand the expenses that go along with it. When you buy a vehicle, you're not just buying a piece of machinery, like the washing machine in your basement that's been there for 20 years. You have to do maintenance on it. There are costs associated with it. There is fuel, wear and tear, and insurance. And even with the introduction of electronic vehicles, and the fact that they have less moving parts, so now you don't have your transmission that you got to replace. You don't have your starter. You don't have your alternator. You don't have a radiator. You don't have pistons. You don't have exhausts. Sure, all those expenses are taken out, so it seems cheaper, but you still have tires. You still have a suspension system, and now you have a computer system that costs 10 times as much as what a standard vehicle would be. You And after 15 years, you have to replace the battery pack, which is like saying to my cars in my driveway, I have to replace the engine, transmission, and exhaust system all in one shot. And in today's times, if I had to change that in my Suzuki, that would be the cost of almost buying that car brand new. So are EVs even cheaper? They are if you get rid of them before that time. Car ownership, like I said, is a massive undertaking. More so than owning your house. Owning your house, you can move in and not do anything. Hell, you could be one of those people who never even mows their lawn or snow blows the snow. You can literally do nothing and still go years, sometimes even decades, without ever having a major issue. Sure, when it arises and you gotta replace your furnace, it's a massive expense, but you've gone so long without one that it doesn't seem like much. With the amount of vehicles I've owned in my life and the expenses that have gone into car ownership that I've had, replacing an engine, having to replace an exhaust, replacing the transmission, tires, winter tires, headlights, hoods, hatches, all of these expenses, they've all come into play in my finances. Vehicles are the biggest expense you'll ever get into. And car ownership is expensive. It's a massive expense. And if you can't pay your rent on time every single month, you cannot afford a vehicle. I'm sorry. Unless you buy a newer vehicle and you get into a car sharing program, you'll never own a proper vehicle. As my dad once told me, car ownership is the only thing that you never get out ahead. You could buy a car for $500 and still in the end, even if you've only owned it for one year, that $500 car still came with massive expenses. Your insurance and your gas, even if you didn't have to do anything else, still cost you money. More so than the initial price. So why do we all get into owning a vehicle? It's that luxury of being able to go where I want to go when I want to go there. Not being subjected to where the bus can go. You can now go outside of your normal bubble to areas that don't have transportation. It's a great, amazing experience. And even if you never own one, you could still ride share or rent one. 
And even with that, there are still ownership costs. So why do we all do it? Because the car is like our cell phone. It's just another part of us. So if you like this podcast, please stop by the website or any of the major streaming sites you are on. Leave us a review. Give us five stars if you want, if you think this is great, and you want to know a little bit more about car ownership. Send us an email at email at autolux.net. Ask us some questions. We're here to answer them. And if you want more answers about owning vehicles or issues with vehicles, stop by the autolux.net website. Go to the help pages. We have help for you. Car Complaints is one of the best websites you'll find for learning about lemonade issues, product issues, and even recalls on any of the vehicles you're ever even thinking of considering buying. They even tell you if the vehicle is a clunker, a stay away from, or an amazing product. In my driveway, I don't own any clunkers, but I do own two good rated vehicles thanks to that website. And a lot of the issues that I've run into that has been exposed on that site, I have seen. So, like I said, if you want to know a little bit more, stop by the autolux.net website, check out the help pages, and learn about vehicles and car ownership. It's a great deal to learn about before you decide to jump into that pool. The Outlooks Podcast is brought to you by Ecom Entertainment Group and hosted by the one and only Everett J. The Outlooks Podcast has been brought to you by Podbeam.com and all of the major streaming platforms from Spotify to iTunes to Amazon Music and Google Play. You can find the Outlooks Podcast on every major streaming platform out there. We are on over 50 globally streamed websites. So just look for the Outlooks Podcast. So from myself, Everett J, the Outlooks Podcast, my four vehicles that sit in my driveway strap yourself in for this one expensive ride that car ownership will take you on